At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. King on VSN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, hour number three, alongside Scott Seidenberg, sitting in for Sean King tonight. I am Tim Murray, and we started the show with it, and we'll revisit it now. College football, less than a week away. Week zero is almost here. Still time to maybe fire away on some futures, some win totals that you may like. Maybe the juice has been pushed up one way or the other, and I know a man who's been firing on conference futures uh, national title futures, Heisman futures. He's got an arsenal of uh, of plays in his back pocket. It's Colin Wilson from the Action Network, and he joins us now. Uh, Colin, before we jump into some futures uh, markets, maybe some under-the-radar teams, I, I do want to jump and look at the, uh, the Week Zero board. We've got seven games uh, with lines. Obviously, FCS versus FBS games don't have lines yet here in Las Vegas, uh, but seven FBS versus FBS games um, you know, these games are so unique because they've been, you know, people have been pecking at them for a while. We've seen a lot of movement. When you look at the board right now, is there anything that is still playable in your opinion? Yes. Uh, it's funny you mention that because I just completed my entire handicap on Northwestern Nebraska. I made a decision that I'm backing the Cornhuskers. I went in and found the best number on the market. That number is no longer available, but I still like 12 and a half. You're not going to, not going to have a problem with 12 and a half there. And I think, you know, at a very high level, people are not, I think they're underestimating what this Nebraska offense is going to be because Adrian Martinez is gone and they were so dependent on his explosive plays that they really struggled down in the red zone. And now Mark Whipple comes in. Pitt was 10th in finishing drives last year. Uh, they just put up, you know, massive amounts of points with Kenny Pickett. And Casey Thompson is a high ceiling, high floor kind of quarterback. And if you read, you know, a little bit in depth, Nebraska has really got a chip on their shoulder with this trip. There's some really derogatory things written about them in the Irish Times. Uh, They are completely focused on this game, and Northwestern has not improved on their defense whatsoever in the offseason. So I think this this has all the makings of uh, Nebraska rolling in Dublin. Well, I want to stick with Nebraska because they are such a fascinating team. I mean, the fact that they went 1-8 and in the Big Ten but outscored their Big Ten opponents is maybe the the stat that will never be duplicated ever again. Uh, and anyone who ever backed the corn last year, I, I had them against Michigan. That was a heartbreaker. Uh, so many games. I mean, it, it was it was brutal. So looking at their odds to win the division, 
the fact that they were three and nine last year, but yet they have the second shortest odds, at least based at DraftKings, at plus three sixty. You know, is this a corn team that that you like, whether it be in the win total, Colin, or maybe on a flyer to win the Big Ten West? Yeah, I, I think the Big Ten West is the play, and that's so that's a ticket I've got in my back pocket, and you can find it right now at plus three sixty. And I think you know you can take comfort in the fact when you buy this ticket that a there is no Ohio State. Uh, this is not a tough schedule whatsoever when you look across division play. And B, you don't have to hedge this ticket at all until right before Thanksgiving weekend because they don't play Wisconsin and Iowa, who are the two you know other front runners for the for the division. They don't play them until the very last two games of the season. So uh, you know everything points to Nebraska getting off to a hot start here with a pretty mediocre schedule from a strength perspective. So uh, absolutely, I think for the division, it's absolutely worth a play. And when you get a number like plus 360, that gives you a lot of room to hedge uh, in a game that will probably be no greater than a field goal against uh, Wisconsin and Iowa. Well, Colin, keep calm. There's still a game in Hawaii is uh, (laughs) what we're going to be saying on Saturday night. Vanderbilt, that line has shot up since the open. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites going to Hawaii in Timmy Chang's debut as a head coach. So much turnover with a program that had a lot of turmoil last season. What's your read on this game? Yeah, this one's going to be tough because it is on the island. So I expect plenty of wackiness to happen. And the point spread is just being manipulated like crazy. When you have a six and a half, you have certain groups coming in, grabbing that on Vanderbilt. And when you had seven and a half this morning, a book in Pennsylvania had eight that got whacked pretty hard on for Hawaii. So this is, I think this is what the script is going to be leading up to kick. You're going to take Vanderbilt at six and a half. Others are going to take Hawaii at seven and a half. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if anything if the game on the island somehow magically falls on seven. But, I mean, the difference between these two teams is, is Vanderbilt's actually got experience in two quarterbacks uh, on the roster, and, you know, those guys have been in Clark Lee's system for two years now, so they know exactly what needs to be done on the road as to where Timmy Chang is now the head coach at Hawaii, and we're getting new everything, <laughs> new, new players in the backfield, new players outside, new quarterback, new everything going on for Hawaii. Uh, it's a game that I power rate around ten and a half, so I think it should be higher than the current six and a half. But again, this is the island. This is a brand new stadium. Uh, Vanderbilt is a team that you really don't want to be laying a touchdown going on the road. Uh, but you know, if I if I'm making a pick on this game and I have to have some, and you're always going to have a ticket on the island, I'm taking Vanderbilt, <laughs> especially. Yeah, you, I mean, what? I mean, you're not living if you don't have yeah. some sort of action on the late night game. Come I mean, on. I mean, we're second half over. What, right? are, we, what are we doing here? If we're not doing that. We're talking to Colin Wilson uh, from the Action Network. Uh, you could follow Colin on Twitter at underscore Colin One. Uh, Colin, you don't hide it, and I love that about you. I don't hide my allegiance towards the Irish, and you don't hide your allegiance towards the Razorbacks. Uh, week one. Home against Cincinnati right now. Woo Pig Suey laying seven and a win total sitting at seven and a half. So we'll start with week one and then we could gravitate towards the win total. What are your expectations of Sam Pittman's squad this year? Uh, I think they are almost priced correctly in the Vegas market. This is an eight, uh, possibly nine win team, but more than likely an eight win team. And that goes back to what kind of quarterback KJ Jefferson is. And the NFL world is about to get to know who KJ is because he is much like what Cam Newton was. He's just a force at quarterback that will, you know, every third and three, he'll make sure there's a first down that gets in there. But when it comes to passing the ball, he locks onto one target and he has, you know, issues checking down. And so that makes, you know, passing downs become a real problem for Arkansas. Now the good news is they have an elite offensive line 
and they have a trio running backs so with a ton of experience and other guys, other freshmen on the, on the squad that are going to get some touches this year. So it's an elite rushing team. And when you go up against Cincinnati, I, I would be surprised at all to see this an extremely vanilla game. Ground and pound, use that offensive line, use those running backs, keep Hazelwood and Warren Thompson. Those are the two wide receivers that are getting a lot of play in scrimmages. Uh, KJ Jefferson has really started to connect with those guys. I think you're going to keep that off the field because week two is South Carolina, a very big SEC game uh, that the Razorbacks just have to have. So I, I would be surprised at all if the Cincinnati game is one of the more boring ones inside of week one. I think I, seven and a half is, is what I purchased on Bearcats. Uh, it's a number I think I make it three and a half. So I expect that number actually to come down. I don't think Arkansas is going to do anything but vanilla in that game. And as far as you know, regular season win total, over seven. Uh, there's only four defenses on that schedule that can stop the run. Um, Auburn, Alabama, two others. I had them off the top of my head. But uh, there's, there's eight teams on the schedule that absolutely cannot defend the run, and that means you're not going to beat Arkansas. Colin, we have a bunch of uh, old faces in new places. Which new head coaching hire has the most pressure on them to succeed this season? Yeah, there. Uh, now that we talk about it, there are coaches in uh, year one that are getting fired these days. So, <laughs> yep. uh, I, I mean, Brent Venables has to. He's in the pressure cooker now, right? I mean, you can make two, three million a year being a defensive coordinator at Clemson. You're not the one that's going to take the blame. But now that you're the head coach at OU, they don't accept nine win seasons. And your win total is sitting at nine and a half. Nine wins is a failed season. Uh, you know, questionable to make the Big 12 championship game. You're supposed to make the college football playoff. That's what your predecessor did was make the college football playoff. So you would think that Brent Venables, uh, if he doesn't find a way uh, to get that offense going at the same pace as the defense or find a way to get Oklahoma to play any kind of defense, he'll be on the hot seat extremely fast. These, these fans have – I mean, we talk about Nebraska's fans being <laughs> – you know, thinking something. Yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma absolutely cannot handle uh, a nine win season. It's just not in their, it's not in their matrix and they'll throw a fit if that happens. Well, we know he'll focus on the defensive side of the ball, but having Jeff Levy there to run that offense and reunite him with Dylan Gabriel, I think a lot of people have some optimism for this team, but will that fast paced offense actually play to the detriment of their defense? That's interesting because, you know, Clemson never played at that kind of pace. Clemson wanted to play with pace, and Brett Venables, I, can't, I think, could feel the defense like that, but this is not the defense that he picked out. This is not the players that he wanted. And more importantly, Clemson was great when they had a linebacker like a James Skowski on the field that could really dictate what Venables wanted to do as far as stealing signs, getting guys lined up. And that player just does not exist on this current Oklahoma staff. I think there's going to be a lot of single-game overs from week to week on Oklahoma. Talk once again to Colin Wilson. Um, you know, a new face, uh, and uh, we get that rematch. We were talking about the NFL, right? We get Baker Mayfield against his old team, Russell Wilson against his old team in week one. Well, week one, we get Dan Lanning against mm-hmm. his old team, Oregon uh, going to the Georgia Dome or whatever they call it, uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome, and take on uh, the Bulldogs. Colin, we got about a minute. When you look at this game, the number is north of 17. Uh, it's around 18 or so. Uh, did Mario Cristobal leave enough in the cupboard and with Bo Nix stepping in, do you think Oregon is going to have the capabilities of keeping this close against uh, uh, the, the reigning champs? I, I do. I think the best play in that game is the first half under. Now, I know a lot of first half totals have not come out yet, but considering Dan Lanning's knowledge of the Georgia offense and what they have, and, and look at what Georgia wants to do with Stetson Bennett. They have just an, an obscene amount of talent at the tight end position, not really outside. They have some injuries out there. So you're going to expect – 
you know, Georgia to do everything to play within the tackles and do short yardage stuff to Brock Bowers. And then, you know, if you look at what Oregon has, Cristobal filled those trenches up on the offensive line and defensive line. They can play SEC football. So I believe that this is a very low-scoring game to start. I'm sure Georgia will pull away, but I think a first-half under is easily the best play. Considering how much these two teams know about each other from a coaching standpoint, first-half under is the play. Yeah, right now, 17-and-a-half, total of 52, full game. And as Colin alluded to, uh, those first-half numbers not out just yet. Colin, always appreciate the uh, the time, man, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Colin Wilson covering uh, college football for the Action Network at underscore Colin1. One of the more intriguing teams in the country. A lot of hype around a team from the Triangle down in North Carolina. We're talking NC State Wolfpack next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Take the VEASAN expert. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCasts wherever you get your podcasts. Alongside Scott Seidenberg, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Scott sitting in for. Sean, tonight, thanks as always to Colin Wilson for jumping on, giving us his thoughts. Uh, laying the 13 with the corn. I like it. In Dublin is uh, is Colin. Or I guess he laid 12 and a half, it sounded like, but uh, not a not a massively key number there. Watch that game land 13 now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Hawaii, uh, no real feel there. He said, let's just wait and see where that puppy goes. Uh, it is six and a half. Uh, looks like down to a six at the Westgate. So we will see how... Uh, how that all plays out uh, in week zero. So, Scott, last week, um, you know, I wanted to look at it a little differently. I know the guys on the edge have been breaking down their top 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to look at the most interesting teams in the country, the top 10 teams that, that are fascinating to me. So we did a USC. We did a LSU. We did a Texas. And NC State is a team, Scott, that is getting a whole lot of buzz. They yes. bring back almost everybody on defense – 
Um, a defense that was very good. 86% of their defensive production is coming back. That's based off of uh, Bill Conley's projection. That's top five in the country. They projected 8.8 wins, according to uh, S&P Plus, 35th in offense, 18th in defense. Um, you know, 9-3 and three last year. Ten starters, as mentioned, come back on, on the defensive side of the ball. This is a team that last year, uh, did find, you know, did beat Clemson. Uh, they beat them at home in overtime and two overtimes, but got it done. Uh, they lost by one on the road at Miami, lost in a shootout to Wake Forest on the road, and uh, and had their bowl game canceled, which I know uh, a lot of people have discussed as a motivating factor uh, this year for NC State. This is a team that I'll be honest, Scott, I'm not betting them. Um, mm. I just. Over eight and a half, lay the minus 160. Yeah, I mean, the schedule's certainly manageable, uh, especially with uh, the uncertainty with Hartman at Wake Forest. Yep. But they do have to go to Clemson. And I know, you know, you'll get into it too. Um, look, Texas Tech is a team that should be middle to low tier. Big 12 should be a game they win at home. East Carolina's a rivalry game. Holton Aylers is coming back, but they're a double-digit favorite in that one. Uh, they go to Clemson, they go to Louisville, go to North Carolina, which is, could be a tricky spot there to close out the year in a rivalry game. Um, I understand why people are excited about him. Devin Leary's coming back. They do lose their top two leading rushers. Uh, Zonovan Knight and uh, and Ricky Person, you know, combined for 140 plus or uh, uh, 1400 plus rushing yards. So I get the excitement. I get the uh, the rationale. If you want to take a flyer, right? plus 750 to win the ACC, Scott. Mm -hmm. I don't blame you, right? They got to beat Clemson. If they beat Clemson, they're in the driver's seat to win the Atlantic. Sure. And then out of the Coastal, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Miami? Is it going to be Pittsburgh again? Mm -hmm. So I I totally understand why people are taking the flyer on, on, on NC State. But until you can prove to me, in my opinion, that you can go into a place like Clemson and win. Sure. You beat them last year in overtime. Congrats. I think the quarterback play will be better. Can't be worse, I wouldn't think. So for Clemson, that is. So I I get it. If at eight and a half, I would probably lean towards the over two. Uh, but it's a no play for me. I, I I'm just I'm just a little hesitant on the. It feels like a group think that this NC State team is going to be you know a, a top ten team. There is a lot of hype for this NC State team, and Devin Leary uh, is on the Manning list to start the season preseason sure. ACC Player of the Year. A uh, lot of hype around Devin Leary, 80, 80 to one to win the Heisman Trophy right now. So pretty long shot there. Uh, they should be four zero by the time they go to Clemson, and that's going to be the true test. And what is Clemson going to look like at that point? Clemson has a soft schedule early on. Uh, could that be the first start for Cade Klubnik being a, a home game there for them uh, as we will see how DJ Uyungle starts the season for uh, Clemson? But they should be 4-0 by the time they get there. True road games this year besides Clemson. At Syracuse, at Louisville, at North Carolina. That's it. Mm-hmm. So the schedule is manageable. It's more than manageable. I think at Syracuse is going to be a wake-up call. That's a dangerous game that no, that not a lot of people are talking about. I think Syracuse is going to be much improved this season. Going to the Carrier Dome is going to be a difficult test for them. Trust me. So let's say they lose that Clemson game. They might suffer a second loss going to Syracuse. 
And then going at Louisville could be a difficult test as well. And at North Carolina, we'll see what, you know, Mac Brown's got cooked up this year for the Tar Heels at the end of the season in that rivalry game. So I am not as high on this team as others are. I still think Clemson comes out of the Atlantic and gets to the ACC title game. But I think that NC State could easily be a 9-3 and team and find themselves into a, a nice bowl game. Yeah, I mean, once again, you, you got to lay the price. sixty right now in DraftKings. I've seen some 9.5s out there, so 8.5 might be a... If you can find that, you know, if you're capable of getting a DraftKings, that might be the way to go. Uh, lay a juicy price because, once again, you look at it, they'll be a favorite in uh, probably 11 games, depending on how UNC plays this year. UNC's very unpredictable. Uh, they just, you know, named their starting quarterback today. So I, I don't know fully what to expect from UNC. Uh, they might be better than, than some people anticipate. Uh, I'll say this when it comes to NC State. If you like NC State, I would much rather play them to win the ACC as opposed to win in the Atlantic because you win that Clemson game, you're in the driver's seat yeah. to make the ACC championship game. And then if they play Miami or Pitt or whoever comes out of that coastal division, NC State will be a favorite or a very short dog, whoever it may be, mm -hmm. you know, in Charlotte in early December. So in my opinion, I'd much rather go uh, to win the ACC than to uh, win the Atlantic. So if you do like the Wolfpack, if you're looking for that longer shot, that would be the way that I would go. You know, to make the college football playoff, once again, you and I are pretty high, are not that high on NC State, uh, so I wouldn't bet it. Um, but they beat Clemson. Do they then get that wiggle room where, okay, we drop a game to Syracuse or at Louisville? Does that Clemson win carry nope. enough weight? Nope. I don't think nope. so. Nope. Um, if it, they're not... They have to go undefeated. Yes. You're not going to the college world playoff as a one-loss ACC team if that one loss is not to Clemson. True. And then they're not even in the discussion because if they lose to Clemson, I guess they would they then would need two it. losses yeah. uh, from Clemson. Uh, so, not happening. Yeah. There's no there's, – there's no – it just – unfortunately, this is the way it works in the current college football system. The conference is not good enough. The teams are not good enough. They're not on the level to even be considered. If you don't run the table in a conference like the ACC, you have no chance to go to the college football playoff. It's just not happening. You know, just kind of final thoughts on uh, on NC State. Um, you know, I mentioned you you know you lose Knight and Person in the backfield. Uh, there is a lot of you know excitement around Jordan Houston. Um, you know, he showed some flashes, but. I don't want to say this is shades of UNC because that's not fair. You mm. know, when UNC last year had all the hype around them, um, and, and people kind of overlooked the fact, oh, we just they just lost two pros in the backfield and two wide receivers that are pros. It, it wasn't that case, right? This defense is it should be really good. Uh, they bring back almost everybody, and I, I just think you know NC State did lose a top ten pick in uh, Iki Aquanu, mm -hmm. you know, on the left side. Uh, they lose their leading two rushers. They do bring back a guy that is thought to be, uh, you know, maybe a first-round pick in Devin Leary, long shot to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, they bring back, obviously, a lot, a decent amount of production on the offensive side. But I do wonder, does that run game take a step back a little bit, losing their top two leading rushers? You know, is their blocking up front, does that take a little bit of a hit? The fact that they lost, you know, Iki Aquanu, a guy that was an absolute Mack truck. So the fact that they have to go to, you know, Clemson, 
on October 1st, a Clemson team that lost to NC State last year. Um, that place will be juiced up. If I had to guess right now without looking at the schedule, there's a good chance that college game day is probably there. Yeah. If that, you know, both those teams are 4-0, it's probably a top 10 showdown, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, at Clemson. So that's going to be a lot of buzz and hype on an NC State team that, you know, for the most part, flew under the radar last year. They had that nice win, uh, you know, the unfortunate circumstance where their opponent, you know, uh, you know, had a COVID outbreak and they couldn't play in the bowl game. So, you know, I, I get the excitement. I, I just, I would temper the enthusiasm just a little bit because it does, you know, I, th- I saw someone today, uh, it was David Cobb of CBS saying this has the feel of uh, Iowa State of last year, or UNC of last year, all this hype. I, I think those, th- this team is more, is more capable of winning mm-hmm. than those two, but I do think there's some, there's some landmines that are going to be tricky to uh, yeah. overcome. That's Scott Seidenberg. I'm Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Come on back. This is the nightcap on VEASAN, the sports betting network. It is a nightcap here on VEASAN, less than a week away from the start of the college football season. Got some NFL yeah. nuggets today and over in the week two preseason finale as the Jets come from 16 down to beat the Falcons 24 to 16 and over in football. But boy, oh boy, have there been unders as you've uh, hit on tonight in Major League Baseball, Scott. Uh, another game has gone final three to nothing. Marlins. Blank. Ah, they don't get the fourth run. They do not. (laughs) Uh, They haven't scored. They've scored four runs only once since July 29th. So the only other game left on the board is Milwaukee and the Dodgers. It is every game tonight has gone under. Except for the White Sox game, right? That was a day game. Oh. That was a two o'clock Eastern time game. So night games. Every 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 game tonight has gone under. And I would think right now you're Feeling pretty good about uh, the Brewers and Dodgers situation, uh, sitting at one to nothing. I called it a sleepy Monday. It is pretty sleepy. In Major League Baseball. This total was eight juice to the under out in LA. Urias against Lauer. Lauer was able to get out of some jams, and this would be huge for the Brewers. Uh, their schedule. You you've got the strength of schedule. Up, mm-hmm. Or you can pull it up. Um, you know, for the Brewers. After this series, the schedule really lightens up until like mid-September, and then they have uh, a stretch against the Yankees yeah, and the they're, Mets. They're middle of the road right now, the 17th most difficult schedule remaining in Major League Baseball. They're tough games, this current series against the Dodgers, and then three against the Mets, three against the Yankees, four against the Cardinals, which yeah. will you know determine whether or not there's a race here in the Central Division. But then a bunch of easy series for the remainder of the year, three against the Pirates, seven against the Reds, three against the Cubs, three against the Rockies, four against the Marlins, seven against the Diamondbacks. The one problem is that the team that they are chasing, currently five and a half games back with this game pending here tonight, the Cardinals have the third easiest schedule remaining in Major League Baseball. You know, it's it's revisionist history. I, I should have played it, but, you know, it was the, – the books were not adjusting properly, in my opinion, 
to the Cardinals and no. the Brewers. They, I mean, there were plus $2 prices out there yeah. for a while. And it just it didn't make sense. I didn't play it, uh, so I'm kicking myself. I only have myself to blame. But, you know, what's interesting is the Brewers, they've only got themselves to blame, right? They got swept by the Pirates, dropped two of three of the Reds. Over the weekend, dropped two of three of the Cubs. They have not taken advantage of a crappy division outside sure. of the Cardinals. Although they did make one great move. Trading away Josh Hader. Yes, it was. Which I would like to do an investigative deep dive into finding out what they knew. Well, Adam Burke and I were on the air the night of the trade deadline, and he, he both he and I said, you know, this is a pretty analytically driven team in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Hader's under control for another year, I believe. And they said, in the midst of a pennant race, yeah. leading the division at the yeah. time. Traded away their all-star closer. Yep. You knew something had to be up, uh, and has he has been uh, removed of his duties for now. Uh, in uh, He's in been San terrible. Diego. It's been awful. Terrible. So, and over the weekend, if you watch the Friday and uh, Thursday and Friday games, he just came out and was awful. Couldn't couldn't find the strike zone. I wonder if, like, like I said, there was something that they knew that they didn't disclose or something. Maybe their doctors have picked up on something. Or you mentioned their analytics department picked up on something. You don't trade away a guy like that and then see the downfall in his performance unless you knew something. Either that or they don't have the same sub- sticky substances in uh, San Diego that he was using in Milwaukee. Um, I want to get to uh, I want to get to the Heisman market. We talked a little bit about uh, the bets that have been coming in yep. uh, with Patrick earlier uh, tonight, and I saw a tweet from I think it was Max Mayer uh, today over at uh, uh, we got it we got it right there. He said, "Wasn't sure this day would ever come, but a defensive player has actually gotten the most bets to win the Heisman at Caesar Sports." That's right, Will Anderson is tops in tickets, and he ranks second in handle to Will Anderson. Of course, the All-American linebacker for Alabama is an absolute stud. And then we've got another graphic up of the Heisman splits. Will Anderson, uh, most handle and most bets at DraftKings Sportsbook. C.J. Stroud, 10% and 9%, and uh, Caleb Williams after that. I mean, it's funny. Nobody believes that Bryce Young will become the first player since Archie Griffin to win back-to-back Heismans. We've had a couple opportunities. Lamar Jackson, Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow. None of them have done it. Uh, Matt Leinert. Mm-hmm. And I tend to agree. But defensively, man, so we haven't it, seen... It one. ain't happening. We haven't seen a solo defensive player because Charles Woodson played a little offense, uh, win the Heisman Trophy. Manti Teo finished second in 2012. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson finished second last year. Well, Will Anderson's amazing. I mm-hmm. mean, he could be the number one overall pick, depending on who gets it. Um, I don't think he's winning the Heisman Trophy. Nope. So looking at the market, this is where I think he can get interesting, right? We talked to Patrick about this, Scott. I don't find the national championship market all that interesting. In my opinion, it's two and a half teams that can win it. If it's if it's someone outside of Ohio State, Georgia, and, and Bama, then, you know, Flip this it, off and yell at me. It, it ain't going to be. I don't think it will be. <laughs> but I think that the the Heisman Trophy market is interesting. I mentioned I took a flyer on Jackson Smith and Jigba, 60-1 uh, to 1 a couple weeks back at, at the Westgate Superbook. Um, I know a guy that intrigues you is on the Alabama roster uh, as well. So what do you make of 
the Heisman market this year. Who is uh, interesting and maybe worth a flyer, in your opinion? Well, I think Jameer Gibbs is the top play. Um, Alabama running back, transfer over from Georgia Tech. You put him in that offense, and uh, it's he, he's going to be elite. And we've seen Alabama running backs over the past decade or so, you know, have tremendous success. And in an offense where a lot of the attention is going to be focused on the quarterback, you're going to get some big-time performances from Jameer Gibbs uh, at the running back position. I kind of look at it the same way. I looked at USC. Now, I'm not comparing Jameer Gibbs to Reggie Bush, but right. Matt Leiner goes out, wins the Heisman. Next year, Matt Leiner puts up probably better numbers. Uh, Reggie Bush wins the Heisman. Actually, that never happened. We're supposed to forget about that. Uh, but it was kind of a similar situation. I think Bryce Young could probably do better than he did last season. But the attention could also be given to his running back that will benefit from his performances. Well, and Bryce Young, unfortunately for him, you know, he sits in a spot where all we're going to do is nitpick, right? Yep. He is the returning Heisman Trophy winner, so anytime he does anything faulty, it's, oh, look at that, you know, kind of just chipping him down. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you have an opportunity to to rise up and 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 take the trophy away. That Ohio State offense is going to be so prolific. Um, and C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, even though Bryce Young won the award last year, I think C.J. Stroud is the rightful favorite uh, because of the expectations of the offense. Now, the question is, could it be a Tua situation a couple years ago where he doesn't play a ton of second halves, he's got a dominant wide receiver out mm-hmm. there in Jackson Smith and Jigba or Marvin Harrison Jr. He's got a dynamic running back in Travion Henderson. So it's an embarrassment of riches for Ryan Day to utilize there for Ohio State. Uh, I do think it's Smith and Jigba at 25-1, to 1, probably not worth a flyer, um, but yeah. He's an interesting one, you know, and then you think about guys who can who can light up stat sheets, you know, who could be who's a dual threat quarterback is Anthony Richardson uh, a guy that could do enough. Personally, I don't think they're going to win enough games. Mm -hmm. You know, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy uh, five, six years ago, but it it didn't matter. His numbers were so obscene. Glad you brought up Lamar Jackson. You had to give it to him. Glad you brought up Lamar Jackson. So Cunningham. Yes, absolutely. Lamar Jackson, uh, what do he have? He had 1,600 rushing yards. He had uh, 3,600 passing yards. Okay? Uh, you know, there's, I'm, I'm rounding here. Uh, Malik Cunningham last year, about 3,000 passing yards, over 1,000 rushing yards. He also had 20 rushing touchdowns last year and 19 passing touchdowns. We're talking about a 2020 guy that was 3,000, 1,000. He puts up those numbers better, and he improves on those numbers this year. We could be talking about maybe a 25-25 guy and a 35-15 guy. Malik Cunningham on an improved Louisville team can absolutely put up the numbers to win the Heisman Trophy. And he's at like 80-1 to right now to win this award. You want to talk about a long shot that is a live candidate? Malik Cunningham. So my, my rebuttal to that would be, Lamar Jackson, and he had an opportunity in week three against Florida State. Florida State was number two in the country at the time. Mm -hmm. And they went out and they dropped 63 on Florida State. That was the game that basically Lamar Jackson arrived. And then his numbers just continued. And they went into a Houston game late in the year, 9-1, and I believe top 10 in the country. And he had already locked it up. Mm -hmm. My worry for Malik Cunningham is this. 
Week one at Syracuse. Yep. Week two, they go to the bounce house to Central Florida. Mm -hmm. If they lose either one of those games, it's going to be hard, in my opinion, for him to make that rise up. At 60, 80 to 1, I totally understand the long shot. Clemson, November 12th, Heisman moment. Not if they've got four losses. (laughs) It's the nightcap. We wrap things up next right here on VSIN. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. College football guide is out now, and the NFL guide drops this Thursday. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175. Or you can save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Wrapping things up here, Scott Seidenberg, the normal host. It's his show, The Look Ahead. Uh, Hoops Peterson sitting in for Scott as he has helped out tonight uh, as Sean a little under the weather. Uh Dodgers never make it easy. Uh, it is one to nothing uh, out in Los Angeles. The Brewers really desperately needing wins uh, every every day, and uh, they will have their bullpen out there. You know, Scott, when you look at this Brewers team that had a nice lead in the division, mm-hmm. the bullpen has been faulting them. Uh, they didn't really make a ton of moves at the deadline. You know, they got Matt Bushman or Matt Bush, excuse me. To come in, they traded Hater. They got Rodgers back in return. Um, do you think this Brewers team finds a way to get into the postseason? I do not. Yeah, I'm not a believer in them. I don't think they have enough offense. I really don't. 
um, and say one nothing lead right yeah, now after yeah. eight innings. I, I don't think they have enough offense, and I think I'd rather, you know, Bryce Harper's coming back for the Phillies, so I like the Phillies now, and Noah Syndergaard pitching well. He just, you know, gave up one run to the Reds here today in a win, uh, so I think the Phillies now with the three-headed monster at the top of their rotation with Wheeler, Nola, and Syndergaard, Bryce Harper coming back, I think they're going to be a wild-card team. The Braves are already a lock, and then it's still going to be the Padres for me. As as much as they have uh, fallen off, I still think that the Padres are the team that winds up being that third wild card. They start a series tomorrow uh, with the uh, with the Indians, and I know on your show on a nightly basis, uh, you just kind of roll through the board and uh, and take out game take a look at games that uh, that intrigue you to potentially play. Uh, follow Scott on Twitter at Scott's on Air uh, as he always tweets out his play of the day. Um, taking a look at the board tomorrow, I'll jump around a little bit. You mentioned the, the Mets off a Mets loss. Mets after a loss, Tim, and we're getting plus money. Please. Taiwan Walker will go up against Frankie Montas. It is a total of eight and a half tomorrow at Yankees Stadium. Yankees won tonight over the New York Mets. And once again, for those who have not heard do, it. Do you know what Frankie Montas's ERA has been since he became a New York Yankee? I'm going to say not great. Nine. No, no, no. I'm not saying no in German. I'm saying the number nine. He has a 9.00 ERA since coming over to the Yankees. In 14 innings pitched in three starts for the Yankees, he has given up 14 runs. That dude is a favorite against the Mets, who are the best team in baseball after a loss with a 34-10 and record this season. Thank you for the plus money. I'll take the Mets. All right, Mets uh, here at Circa at plus 115. As you see at DraftKings, uh, it is at even money uh, for the Mets. So always, uh, as we always say, shop around. All right, uh, Dylan Cease, the strikeout machine, uh, doesn't give up runs ever. He is a uh, a nice favorite on the road against Austin Voth and the Orioles. The Orioles, uh, they just find keep continuing to find ways to win here, Scott. I believe they are the most profitable team on the run line this Correct. year uh, in all of baseball. Uh, Austin Voth, since getting outright, uh, getting designated for assignment from the Nationals, the Orioles pick him up. He's been solid mm-hmm. uh, for them. Is this too big of a mismatch, though, for the Orioles going up against a, a Dylan Cease? No, the uh, play here is Orioles on the run line. Um, wow. The Orioles at plus a run and a half. Plus a run and a half. The Orioles uh, on the run line as a home underdog this season, 32-9. and And the biggest reason for the fate of Dylan Cease here in this spot is he was supposed to pitch on Sunday. And because of the rainout, they didn't pitch him here on Monday. They allowed Michael Kopech to pitch. And they pushed Dylan Cease back to Tuesday. I get it. One game against the Royals you don't care about. A game against the Orioles who you are competing with. For a potential wild card spot, more important. However, with now six days of rest in between starts, with everything over four days of rest for Dylan Cease, his numbers go up. ERA goes up, opponents uh, on base percentage goes up, every number goes up the longer rest he has had. Why? We know this. Major League pitchers are creatures of habit, they fall into a routine. You start, you get treatment. A couple days later, you have a side session, a throw day. You get rest. Then you start every fifth day. When that routine is thrown off, it affects these guys. 
This is now going to be extended rest for Dylan Cease. I don't like it one bit. Orioles plus a run and a half. Right before uh, in uh, late June, uh, Cease did face the Orioles. He struck out 13 over seven innings. Yeah, he's good. (laughs) He's really good. But now he's on extra rest. And he's going into Baltimore where they are 32-9 and nine as a home underdog on the run line. Um, by the way, I'm not saying that the, the White Sox can't win the game. Just oh, yeah. win by only one run. Please. And they, they have not done a great job yeah. of uh, giving uh, Dylan Cease a ton of run support. As an away favorite this year, let's see. Uh, the White Sox on the run line have a record of 12-19. and 19. <laughs> And the Orioles just find ways to... Uh, Find ways to keep games close. Uh, let's uh, let's go to a day game tomorrow. Uh, only day game on the board. It is uh, at Wrigley Field. Uh, Cardinals taking on the Cubs. Cardinals uh, winning today, extending their winning streak to eight, and they are a minus one seventy one favorite against the Cubs tomorrow afternoon. Adam Wainwright on the hill. They have won eight in a row, eighteen of the last twenty two, and the total here at eight and a half. Uh, if you do like the run line. Here at Circa, minus 109 in favor of the Cardinals. You betting against this team? No, I don't want to. I ain't, I ain't stepping in front of this train. <laughs> uh, you know, keep, in, keep an eye on the pitching matchups here, though, because it is a doubleheader, and sometimes, you know, you wake up the day of the doubleheader and things get swapped around, and you're like, all right, well, I thought uh, Wainwright was pitching game one. Now Wainwright's going to pitch game two. So uh, things could change. Pay attention to the odds when it comes up. Uh, weather report, wind blowing in at about four miles per hour around game time for the first game, so not really going to affect the total at all. All right, a game uh, late night tomorrow that we'll be uh, keeping an eye on here in studio. Those Padres, uh, most talked about team. Uh, By the way, the uh, Brewers have extended their lead, a run in the top of the ninth, so they now lead 2 to nothing over the Dodgers. So uh, Christian Yelich getting an RBI, a double or a single there for Yelich, but he gets an RBI to make it a 2 nothing lead for the Brewers in the top of the ninth, uh, which is not great news for the Padres, who are certainly trying to hold off those Milwaukee Brewers. It was indeed a double. Uh, Brewers laying looks like minus 140 or so uh, against the Guardians tomorrow night. Clevenger on the hill for uh, for the Padres. Okay, this is kind of a similar situation with the Dylan C spot, is that uh, Savali was supposed to pitch on Sunday and gets pushed back to this start. This is going to be, I think, seven days of rest for Savali in this spot against the Padres. And if we look at his numbers on rest, let's see. When he throws six or more days of rest, he's got a 4.14 ERA and a 1.162 whip. So um, not exactly as bad as his overall career, 4.76 ERA, but still uh, numbers that you don't really like. I just don't like pitchers throwing out of rhythm. Uh, Opponents batting, uh, opponents OPS 699, which is actually a little lower than his 819 opponents OPS uh, on regular four, four days of rest. So... Eh, nothing really there. I just don't like it. I don't like pitchers that haven't pitched in a while. All right, final one, and this one will uh, will start actually before we hit the air tomorrow, uh, or not before, actually after we hit the air. Uh, Tony Gonsolin against Corbin Burns. Uh, this is quite the pitching matchup. Uh, Gonsolin, 2.12 ERA, a ridiculous record of 15-1, and one, and Corbin Burns, an ERA of 2.48. Uh, looks like the there's one first five 
total out there at DraftKings. It's three and a half for the first five. Is this a first five under look between these two pitchers? This is going to be a take the plus money on the yes run first inning play. Really? The whole world is going to be on the no. That's true. You're probably going to get maybe plus 150 on the yes. All right. The old Yurfy. I don't bet a lot of them, but it, go against the Nerfy plus with the Yurfy. Or above, plus 150 or above. It's a Jason Weingarten special right there. All right. <laughs> Keep a look at the Yurfy tomorrow. All right. Thanks to everyone who joined us Todd Furman, Patrick Everson, Ryan O'Halloran, and Colin Wilson. Thanks to Scott Seidenberg. Thanks to Aaron Oster, our producer. I'm Tim Murray. Hoops Peterson up next right here on Visa. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.